Last week, he, his title was Holy Spirit is the Presence of God. One of the things that I really love is when he read 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. And then he went into this uh, Hebrew word, but I'll read the first part here. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. Tap your neighbor and tell them, I don't belong to anybody. I belong to Jesus. For you were bought with a price, which we just remember here this morning. You were bought with a price, so glorify God within your body. And so I love this part of the Pastor Jonathan's book. When you become a Christian, God's presence becomes personal. Somebody say amen. It should. It becomes personal. It is your personal relationship with Jesus. It is. It's your personal. It's not your parents, young people. It's not your kids, parents. It is not your, your grandparents, grandchildren. It is your personal. When you come to Jesus Christ, it becomes something personal. The Bible describes this super close proximity with the Hebrew paniam. If you guys remember that from last week, if not, you got to go back to a podcast or to uh, one of our social uh, media videos so you can see the hear the message. Paniam, which is loosely translated to the word presence, but it goes much deeper than that. It refers to the exact moment and exact place you find yourself right now. So this moment right now is it's paniam. Not a friend or sibling or parent can ever experience that paneum with you. The only one that can is God. Praise God for that. He's beside you, behind you. He is present with you. Somebody say amen. You know, I like to think of the analogy of jumping into the water and being submerged by water above, below, around, everywhere. That's the Holy Spirit. That is paneum, God's presence with you. Through the Spirit, God's not just the same room. God is not just in the same room as you. He is in the same moment as you. He's closer than the air around you. He is here right now. He is here right now. He is always with you, church. The question is, do you believe that? He is with you. He is with you. I love that. Thank you. Pastor Jonathan, for bringing that message. Today, I want to go into part two, and depending on time, we'll see how far we go. But today, I want to talk to you about how the Holy Spirit is our prayer partner. Tap your neighbor and tell him he's our prayer partner. Tap the other neighbor and tell him the same. He is our prayer partner. Has it ever happened to you, church? Has it ever happened to where you have this determination that you are going to pray today. You have this determination that before you go to bed, you are going to get on your knees and you're going to pray. Or has it ever happened to you that in the morning when you wake up, you say to yourself, tomorrow morning, the first thing that I'm going to do is get on my knees and begin to pray. Haven't done this so in a while. I want to start this habit. I want to do I want to start it. And then what happens, church? Your mind goes completely blank. Like you don't know what to say. You're sitting there. You're kneeling there. You're standing there. You're laying there. And thousands of other thoughts are running through your head except what to pray about or how to pray. 
Some of you, if you're like me, you close your eyes and you say, Father, and then 13 minutes later you wake up because you fell asleep. Come on, don't leave me by myself. Come on, come on. Thank you for those honest people. Everybody else will pray for you afterwards because you know exactly as the same thing that happens. I, I want to remind you that when you become a Christian, a believer, a Christ follower, the Holy Spirit, God's presence is personal. It's made personal. It's for you, for you individually, a relationship that God has for all of us. It's personal. This means that though you may be there laying in silence, God is still next to you. I want you to know that. This means that God is with you when you feel alone, discouraged, devastated, overwhelmed. God is with you. I need you to, I need you to help me this morning. I want you to remind somebody next to you. Tell them, God is with you. Go ahead. I'm going to look around. If you're not doing it, I'll point you out. If you're not doing it, I'll point you out. Go ahead. Right now. Right now. Tell somebody, God is with you. God is with you. God, if you don't, if you're not sitting next to somebody, then you tell yourself, God is with me. He is in me. Thank you, Pastor. He is in me. This means that God is where, with you whatever you face hardships in life. But have you ever thought about this? And as we were studying this and the resources that we have, I've never thought about this. What is God doing when I am silent? Ever thought about that? Like, what is God doing right now in my life? What is God doing as I kneel down and I have nothing to say? What is God doing when I'm driving on 45 and I just got chewed up by my boss, I, I, I just got in an argument with a family member or with a friend, I, I just, I, I am overwhelmed by what's happening at work, I, I am I, I'm fearful of the changes that are happening, and I'm just there, and there's a million things going on in my mind, but as a believer, I know that God is there, so what is God doing in the middle of my silence? What is God doing whenever I don't know what to say? Or whenever my words don't catch up to the thoughts that are running through my head. What is God doing? Once again, please help me out this morning. Tell your neighbor, God is with you. Go ahead, tell him, God is with you. And so the beautiful thing about the Word of God is that He actually answers that question. What is God doing in the middle of my pain? In the middle of my devastating moment of life, in the middle of my sorrow, what is God doing when I don't know what to say? The Apostle Paul gives us that answer. He is writing to the church, the persecuted church in Rome. Paul explains that there are two powerful ministries of the Holy Spirit that, uh, that is at work. And if you brought your Bibles, I am going to be in the book of Romans chapter 8. The truth that resonated in ancient times in the ancient world of believers in Rome still resonates with us today. And I want you to know that. So turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. I'm reading of the NIV version. This is verse 26 and 27. And it says the following. In the same way, the Spirit helps us. Everybody say the word help. The Spirit helps us in where, church? In our 
weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. Anybody been there? Come on, help me out. Come on, help me out. Anybody been there? You don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. He says, we do not know what to say, what we ought to say for, pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. We'll learn about that here in a second. Look at verse 27. And He who searches our hearts knows the minds of the Spirit, the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. That's something key, church, because the Holy Spirit will only intercede with what is the will of God over your life. So if you're praying for that Ferrari, I don't know if the Holy Spirit is with you right now. But if you're praying for a miracle in your marriage, you're praying for a miracle in your children's life, if you're pr praying for a victory over sickness, I can assure you that it is in the will of God that you and I will lift these prayers and it is in His will to respond according to His timing, church, and according to His power. So these are the two scriptures that I want us to, to focus on because church hardships are inedible. That means they're coming. Their hardships are coming. And just because we are believers does not mean that we as Christian people don't go through tough times. I don't know who lied to you, but I want to make sure I set that straight here this morning. That, that when you become a believer of Jesus Christ, it does not mean that every problem disappears. That you no longer will face trials anymore. No, 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 no. Church, on the contrary, the enemy is so upset that you have turned your life to Christ that he will do whatever it takes to try to win you back. But greater is he that is in you now than he that is in the world. Don't forget that, church. Don't forget. Go, go ahead. Give God praise here this morning. <clears throat> but just because you accepted Jesus Christ doesn't mean, whew, whew, I no longer have to go hungry. I no longer have to face pain. I no longer have to face uh, difficulty in my life. No, church. No. You will face it. But the difference is that you're not facing it alone anymore. That's the key. We will face tough times. But the Bible says, take heart, for he has overcome the world. Somebody say amen. amen. All of us are going to find out, excuse me, all of us are going to find ourselves with a loss of words. Every single one of us. Every single one of us. From this side the people in the back helping us with media, everyone in the classrooms right now, even our children are going to find themselves with loss of words, not knowing what to say because of a tough situation. It is a part of humanity that we all face trials. It is a part of us. That is why, church, I don't know if you know this, but I, I, I want to be very direct here this morning. As I, I was preparing this, I was just thinking about everything that has been happening in our church in the past 64 years now, Pastor, uh, 64, right? I think we're going to celebrate 60-something uh, years, 63 years that we're going to be in, uh, as a church. Praise God for that. Amen. 63 years this, this coming fall. But I, I want to make sure that I am as clear and direct as possible, that we spend such so much effort, church, helping people 
to learn how to deal with pain and suffering as a believer of Jesus Christ. I don't know if you know this, but we are in the business of helping people to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but fear no evil because his rod and his staff is with you. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, like, like I want you to know that we don't teach to avoid. Hey, everybody, I need you to avoid pain. I, I need for you to ignore it. No, no, no. We don't teach that when you come to Jesus, all of it will be poof, gone. No, you will still face some trial. You will still face some trouble. But church, you are not alone. You have been sent a helper, a counselor that is with you. Always tap your neighbor once again. Tell him, God is with you. Always. Church, I, I don't know how many times I've had the conversation with someone who went through a trial and got so mad at God for not doing anything, for not, excuse me, for not answering my prayers. And, and I make air quotes for those of you who are listening because God is doing something. God is working in your life. You might not see it right now, but two years from, that, from now, five years from now, next week, you're going to look back and say, ah, I now know why you closed that door, Jesus. You just don't know. But God is at work. Come on, somebody say amen right there. God is at work in our lives. Listen. Any good parent, and, 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 and I'm making emphasis on good. Any good parent knows that it's not okay to tell your children yes 100% of the time. You have three options in my family. It's no, not yet, or maybe later. Do you see what I'm saying, church? And God is the same. He's, better, he's a better parent than I would ever be. He knows why he says no to you sometimes. He knows why he says not yet. He knows why he says not right now. He knows. But I don't know how many times I had a conversation with someone that said, I am so, I'm leaving the church because God did not answer my prayer. How do you know that? God answers prayer, but he answers it in a way that you and I cannot comprehend sometimes. I've been there. I've asked my God, heal my aunt of cancer. I've asked him. We prayed. We prayed. I was in my car shouting to the top of my lungs saying, God, heal her. And he did. When he took her to heaven, he healed her of cancer completely. He healed her of cancer completely. Was it the way that I wanted? No. Was it what I was asking for uh, God for? I was asking her for her healing, and he did. And he knows better. Now, I don't have time to go into it, but because of that event, a lot of other little things begin to happen that would not have happened if it wasn't for what took place in my aunt's life. We don't know, church. I asked for God for this position about four years ago. I even prepared myself for it. I even went extra year of schooling so that I can have this position. And when I interviewed, I felt the interview wasn't great. 
I even did a whole video about myself and, and, and how I can benefit that position and I can, and all of these things. And I was like, hey, hey, hey. And I left there like, yeah, man, I'm going to get this. I did not get that position. Oh, I did not. I didn't even get a call back. <laughs> but then I come to find out four years later that that same position that I would have been this year, that position is getting rid of. They're, they're, they're not needing that position anymore. I would have been without a job right now, church. Instead, I've enjoyed a great four years with the team that I have. But you don't know what God is doing until you say, God, I trust you. I trust you. I, 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 I'm going to trust this decision. I'm going to trust this change. I put it in your hands, God. I trust you, God. Can anybody know what I'm talking about here this morning? They can say amen, 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 amen. We know that pain comes. But the question is, how are we going to react when that moment shows up in our lives? Not sure, not sure if you're aware of this. Again, again I'm going to be very direct. News flash. I don't know if anybody knows this or anybody watching or listening, but pastors and, leader, and leaders in our church, we are not here to fix all of your problems, church. We're not. That is just impossible. It is impossible. It, it is impossible. We are not here in the business of policing social media and posts and everywhere. Now, if you're a leader of the church, we do hold you accountable. That's a little different. But can you imagine if Pastor Abelino, myself, Andrew, and even our spouses, Jonathan and Jonathan and his spouse, are always on social media just checking what you're doing? Just checking, just, just, oh, ay Dios mío, ay, ay Dios mío, ay Dios mío. I mean, that, that we will go crazy knowing of everything that is happening here. Listen, we are all messed up people in need of a Savior, church. We're all messing. And, and, and I've seen other places that they, the, 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 the congregation puts their eyes on the preacher. And then when the preacher fails, the whole church just crumbles apart. Don't put your eyes on this preacher or the other preachers. Put your eyes on Jesus, on Jesus, on Jesus. Now, do not twist my words and do not misunderstand me. Yes, we want to be role models. Yes, we want to set an example. Yes, we want to give you our, 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 our heartfelt opinion. And, 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 and when we have that conversation, we want to guide you. We want to caution you when, for you to think things over. We will raise a red flag and say, hey, <laughs> you've been there before. Why are you going back? You know what I'm saying? Like, like hey, we're just, this is just what we feel in our heart. And yes, we will always, always, always point to the Word of God to see what God says about your situation. Yes, we are here to help one another and alleviate the pain and to support one another. And we have, we have, we have laughed with you. We have cried with you. We have hugged you in moments of celebration. We have hugged you in moments of pain. We have been there. We have rejoiced with you. But we have also cried with you. But church, we as, as, as individually, individual human beings, we are not your solution. Jesus is your solution. Jesus is your solution. 
Our, our job here at Emmanuel Worship Center is to point you to Jesus. That's our job. To point you to Jesus. As soon as you walk in through those doors, we're pointing to Jesus. As soon as you get that hug, and we're saying from our, our amazing greeter team, as soon as they give you that hug, they're saying with that hug, hey, don't matter what you come with, we're pointing you to the Lord. We're pointing you to the Lord. As soon as you walk in, no matter what you're carrying, we're pointing you to Jesus. During praise and worship, church, during this time of us lifting our voices and our hands, I want you to know this. And in case I've never said this, but I feel like I've said it many times and I'm going to say it again because what's important gets repeated. So I'm going to say it again. This up here is not a concert. I let, there you go. God is calling. Okay. He's telling you it's not a concert. Okay. This up here is not a concert. This up here is a team that is setting the atmosphere for the Spirit of God to freely move in this room so that you can tap into what God is doing. The Bible says that He searches for worshipers that will worship in spirit and in truth. So church, stop staring at the people up here. Lift your hands, open your mouth, and begin to read the words on those screens and praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I don't know if you noticed, but when I sing up here, I have my eyes closed because I'm not singing to you. I am not singing to you. On the contrary, I'm just lifting my voice and saying, God, I don't know what else to do with my hands, so I learned this instrument, so at least there's something to do. But God, if I had a, a thing of the drum and a thing over here, I would do whatever just to get your attention because I need you, God. I need you in my life. I'm going to ask the guys to come up. That when, when you come, you participate. What does that mean? That you live your voice. And, and some of you say, well, I don't know how to sing. Well, we're, this is not American Idol. All right? Nobody's, nobody's going around the, 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 the roads to see you. Ooh, 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 ooh. All right, all right. No. This is between you and God. This is between you and God. The Holy Spirit is just going around. And the Holy, believe me, the Holy, Holy Spirit does not wear those ear, those ear things as soon as he passes by you. He does not. Now, if your voice is not, you know, you know, okay, maybe you want to tone it down a little bit. Okay. All right. Just, just between you and God. All right. All right. All right. Let me move on. All right. But participate. And you know what, church? I see the reflection on the youth. Because when it comes to our youth services, they're the same way. Just staring at the band. But if the youth are seeing their parents, their fathers, their mothers, they're seeing them with their hands up. Again, what, what, is, what, is, what is model gets followed, church. It is our job to, I don't know how many times I stood here with my children and I had to lift their hands just for them to practice that. Just for that become a, 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 a natural a natural uh, 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 way of us worshiping. I'm going to see a victory is what we were just singing earlier. I'm going to see a victory. We choose songs that give you, watch this, we, we choose songs that give you the language to express what's inside your heart. Look at verse 1. Sam, if you don't mind putting it, look at verse 1 of see a victory. Look, look, look at this verse here. 
This is, this is what we were just singing right now. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. I don't know how many, how many of you need that. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody need that? Come on, help me out. Anybody need that here this morning? Like the weapon may be formed, you know, like it's coming, but it won't prosper. Uh, look, at, look at the next one. When darkness falls, it won't prevail. Because <laughs> this is the reason why, not because you're good looking or you're strong and you worked out. No, because the God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. Oh, and then you don't only sing it one time. You sing it two times. Oh, my God will never fail. And then we lift that chorus. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. Why? For the battle belongs to the pastors. No. For the battle belongs to my table uh, leader. No. For the battle belongs to the youth leaders. No. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I want our church to live to its name. And not just me. I speak on behalf of all of our pastors and leaders. We want our church to be Emmanuel Worship Center. That's what I want. That God is with us as we worship Him. I don't know how many times we said the altar is open. Take advantage of that church. Take advantage of that. It is not a point of weakness. And I want right now, and I rebuke the spirit that keeps telling you people are going to judge you because you come to this altar. I rebuke that in Jesus' name right now. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Since when has the altar been a point of weakness? Always. Always, church. But in your weakness, he is made strong. He is made strong. So when you come to the altar, does that mean you're weak? Maybe. But do you come to the altar also to celebrate? Yes, we do. It's where we come and bring our offering of praise and worship unto our God. How many times have we said there are prayer partners on each side? I want you to go and join one of them for prayer. Take advantage of that, church. Take advantage of that. Take advantage that there's someone who is willing to step out in faith and believe with you and hold your hands because... It is not the hands. It is not the prayer. It's the faith behind those hands in that prayer. It is the God that we serve that is behind it all. Take advantage of that. To all the young people in the room, take advantage of the platforms that we have. We have live groups on Wednesday nights so that you can continue building your faith. I love to see pictures like these where the girls are all together in one group. And what they're doing is that they are continuing just to lift each other up. Continuing just to give each other a, 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 a word of encouragement. Are, are they learning how to hang out? Yeah, they all have different stories. Go ahead, guys. Go ahead, guys. You guys all can come. Yeah. I love to see this group of guys. I love to see this group of guys when they come together. And, there are, and, there are, and, and there's, we are running our room. But these guys come hungry and they come with stories behind and what they want to do. And, and, but, but it's a platform for them to realize who Jesus is.
And I love the services that we have where young people are coming hungry for the Word of God. They might not tell you, they might not show you, but boy, are they struggling. And all we do is just point them to Jesus. But there are many young people in this room, and parents, you have children, you have adult, young adults, you have junior hires who are not taking advantage of this, who are not saying, Holy Spirit, I give you this time. And you got to recognize and say, I, I got to do better. Now, I'm going to say something. And I'm going to say it boldly. Those of you who have youth, those of you who have children, if they don't like it here, I give you full permission for you to find a church where they will and go there because it is more important for your children to feel right at home. But also, I want to make sure that I'm clear. They will never feel right at home when they only come one time a year. You won't build relationships like that. It has to be in a consistent basis. So I'm asking you, parents, find that place where your children will feel at home. And if it's truly here, then make it a habit for them to come and be a part of something. Why? Because we are all messed up people in need of a Savior. Now let's practice this. I want you to stand to your feet. This, this, this group is going to sing that song.